What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's edition of The Drop-In here from the NRM studios in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Uh, you know, today's guest is is coming to us from halfway around the world, and uh, he should be logging in momentarily. Uh, only the third or fourth Skype guest I've ever had, you know? I, I uh, If you look back in the library, um, we had Samford uh, Lapidus. Uh, he was a Skype guest, and he was amazing. A uh, homeopathic expert from South Carolina. We also had Dr. Miles Neal from New York, Buddhist expert, and he was amazing as well. And I'm sure our guest today on the drop-in will not disappoint. But I want to thank you guys very much for tuning in today. It has been truly an amazing week and uh, just so much going on. Yesterday I spoke to Rotary of Troy. It went over very, very well, talking about my life story, how, uh, how you can overcome things, talking about living passionately, that it's never a lack of resources. It's always a lack of resourcefulness, 100% of the time. And I learned that from the great Tony Robbins. And it's true. It's true. If you want to make something happen, you can find a way to make it happen. You can find people who can help you. You can find the resources personally. You can make your life exactly what you want it to be, good or bad. That's just the way it is. And so it was great speaking to the Troy Rotary Club. We had a great time, and I hope to do some more of that. Been riding my skateboard, doing that thing. Purple Heart had a great opening weekend, and I want to thank you guys for that. If you want to check it out, PRPLHRT.com is an apparel company that I'm affiliated with. We started it in 2008, and what that brand represents is that every single person on the planet has been through the ringer, man, and deserves a version of a Purple Heart medal. And that's one facet of where that name came from. The other one, my grandfather, my idol, has a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star driving a tank for General Patton in World War II, and I wouldn't be who I am today without him, so it's dedicated to him as well. So make sure to check out PRPLHRT.com. And with that, I can see that Brady is... um, Getting geared up to get down, and I'm stoked on it. I am stoked to have him on the drop-in. You know, uh, Darren McCarty, who is a friend of mine, connected us, uh, I don't know, a month or two ago. He said, you know, you and Brady have some things in common, and I think uh, you guys should talk. And he and he connected us via text, and Brady and I went back and forth. And last week, I was like, dude, why don't you come on my show? Why don't we talk about what you're doing on my show, and we'll reach a whole different audience, man. I mean, hockey, recovery, helping people, being of service. It fits right in. And so, without too much more, let's see if uh, we're connected. Brady, you there, brother? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah, dude. Loud and clear, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the drop-in, man. Hey, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, how's, uh, you know, I, I have to ask out of the gate, where the heck is Muskoka? Where are you at? Yeah, so, sorry, my internet isn't the best quality of the picture, and it, it might be a little laggy. Uh, Muskoka is uh, in Ontario. Uh, it's beautiful. I'm about two hours north of, uh, of Toronto, so very lucky where I am. It's beautiful here. Right on. So you're only about six hours from where uh, we're broadcasting because, you know, we're just outside of Detroit, Michigan here. And uh, Toronto's about four hours. So six hour drive. That ain't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad at all. It's, uh, you know, I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's it's beautiful. And, and, you know, it's been a huge part of 
uh, me being able to, uh, to get to where I am today. And, you know, I think, you know, it's been a, obviously it's been a number of things, but, uh, getting back into nature and just getting back to simple things like, like fishing and just going out for walks or being on an ATV, just getting in fresh air. I think, you know what I mean? That was, uh, I mean, ultimately, uh, getting it back on the ice, it was, that was the first thing that led me back into my recovery was getting back on the natural ice when the lake froze. So, um, Muskoka is, uh, is a be- very beautiful place. I'm actually from like just outside of Vancouver, B- BC, but I've been out here for, for a little while now, a few years. So. Very cool. Well, here on the drop in, you know, we tell we we tell a little bit of the backstory of how people got to where they're at. And so, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about your your upbringing, uh, how you fell in love with hockey, you know, and and how we got to here. So let's start with your upbringing. You know, how is the family dynamic and in and all that? So I mean, everything was good, like for the majority of the time, and. Uh, until uh, I guess my mom left when I was five. I mean, I still saw her, but I, I was with my dad, like I say, probably 90% of the time. And um, my alarm telling me, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where my phone is. Sorry. One sec there. That's me. That's telling me I better be on the better be on here um but no it was uh you know what it was a pretty good upbringing um you know my dad was a, a firefighter he's retired now but uh you know he got me right into hockey he's obviously loved hockey and and uh, just provided me with every opportunity to to play and never uh forced or anything like that and uh, i just instantly kind of fell in love with it and then you know shortly after my mom left actually i was sexually abused and uh that kind of forced me into hockey even more so, I think, just with uh, my mom leaving and then with uh, these different things happening to me. Obviously, I was really young, uh, six, seven years old, somewhere around there, and uh, just really confusing times. And I've shared this many times. It's, um, you know, as you start to get a little bit older uh, on the playground, uh, you know, at least for myself, my experience was, uh, you know, kids being kids and, and uh, using derogatory uh, words and, and slurs uh, that uh, were directed towards everybody. But in my mind, because um, I was sexually abused by an older guy, uh, I was like, I started to hear these things. I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, am I gay because this happened to me? But it was like my understanding of um, actually being like homosexual was like not right. Like I wasn't attracted to men. And I, I say all the time, I have friends who, who are guys, men and women. Are, yeah, I think it's great. I support everybody, whatever they want to do. But just for me, I, I was always, always attracted to women because – this happened to me. Uh, I was just very, um, sort of confused and, you know, shut down. You know, you hear kids talk about these things and it's like, man, like, if any, like, I'm like, my kids' lives get droid, um, based weird, false or made up stories and it's stuck with them for like their whole school lives. And, and, you know, it, it can, it can be really hard and, and lucky for me. I didn't deal with any of those things from kids. I, but I was dealing with them from my own self, trying to hide these things that happened to me, trying to cover up 
uh, always trying to cover up stories about where my mom was if she wasn't at my games or anything like to get just a number of things. So like, you know what I mean? Hockey gave me that outlet. Like hockey was my first drug, I say, right? Because it just made everything, you know, just nothing else mattered when I was on the ice or even if I was just playing street hockey or whatever, just it had all my focus, right? And, And just for that, that period of time, whether it was an hour, if I was playing for a couple hours on the street, um, literally as much as possible, um, that was, you know, I was just, I loved it so much, but I really loved it because I could just focus on that and every outside of everything else, didn't matter what I was doing. I was in school, I was uh, hanging out with friends or whatever. It was like, it was like, there was always uh, like a weight on my back almost, you know what I mean? And uh, when I was playing hockey, I just, that was never, that wasn't the case. Um, and that worked for a long time, um, you know, but then when you start to, uh, you know, you get introduced to things like drugs and alcohol, um, you know, at, at a fairly young age, as far as drinking and, and, uh, and, and smoking pot and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, like I'm talking like grade six, you know, I think I had my wow. first drink at nine or 10. Um, and, but you know, wasn't like a, like a regular thing. Uh, and then you go through high school uh, and, you know, I had like some of my best friends from earlier uh, childhood coming in and out of my life because they were making decisions, you know, going and, and, and doing harder drugs and, and things of these nature. And I was just totally turned off by it because, hey, I'm a hockey player. Um, I'm on the path to the NHL. At least I thought I was. Um, and, uh, you know, I just these are things that I don't do because my understanding of a hockey player back then was hockey players don't you know, we don't smoke, we don't really party, we don't do drugs, which of course is all false. But as a kid, um, you, you see these things and, and all you see is on TV, especially back when, when we were kids, there's no YouTube, no anything. There's right. no document inside the bubble or, or any of that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like very few, right? Like we had to figure things out on our own. Like I used to do homework or whatever, like, you know, I would, you know, tape things on the VCR, like program it to tape it. So I wouldn't miss it or <laughs> Whatever, like you know what I mean. Like kids have no idea. Kids have no idea these days, and so like you know, I, I don't know. I just I think that you know I just identified as a hockey player, and it, it allowed me to uh, you know it's sort of in a false way it, it it kept my mental health issues, the ones that I was dealing with at a very young age. It's sort of like you know what I mean. It, it allowed it allowed those to kind of skate under the rug and the fact that I was sexually abused kind of skate under the rug because I was so infatuated with hockey and so focused in hockey and like, like just in love with it, like seriously. And, and like, there's just so many reasons why that we could talk about, but that's for another podcast. But I'm telling you a big reason was because of the things that happened to me and the, the things that I was dealing with inside. And um, well, I got to ask, I got to ask go you, did it come naturally? You know, I started, I got on the ice when I was about three and a half, uh, joined recreation hockey at four, started playing goalie at five. And I was very similar, you know, to you. It's all I wanted to do was be on the ice and stop hockey pucks, you know, and, and, um, and it was someplace I belonged. And even though I was I was on a team, I was sort of the crazy goalie, you know. But it was something, it's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be on the ice every day. And it took work. It didn't come automatic, except my fearlessness was automatic. I was the guy who would stand in front of the puck. But I, I was yeah. willing to put in the work 
to to hone my craft to be a better goaltender and 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 it paid dividends you know at a at a young age now did it come natural for you when you stepped on the ice was it easy uh how was how was that uh that evolution for you yeah i think so uh honestly i played so much like i'm not when i say i played so much like i was on the ice quite a bit but you know it wasn't like i was it's not like it back nowadays it's crazy kids are like you know what i mean in four different programs on the ice three four times a day sometimes no i just did the regular stuff back in the, but when i say i was playing all the time i mean like i literally had a stick in my hand i was stick handling i was rollerblading i was doing whatever uh so looking back I put a lot of hours in, like, man, like a lot of hours. That's all I did. Uh, but I think, yeah, I definitely have some natural athletic ability. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, I, I think I definitely have some sort of natural ability for, for hockey. I think just with my – I think with my per- personality too, just sort of that aggressive game, it just sort of fit with exactly what I needed and it allowed me to get the the release that I needed uh even throughout my teens you know I was um I made a lot of mistakes you know like I quit at at the really wrong times early uh, 14 um well and you bring up a good point because I wanted to ask your first opportunity to play juniors you didn't go you, you know, I was reading right. through some, some different bios and stories about you, and they're all very intriguing. But when you had an opportunity, maybe 14, 15, to go play juniors, you didn't. And um, and it took a, a little a minute for you to step up to the plate when it came to the next level. Uh, do you regret that at all? Yeah, so it's not even just one time, right? Like, uh, <laughs> so there's a when I was like 14 that that happened and then at 16 I made the Western Hockey League and I decided not to stay uh and to go home and play uh junior back home at a lower level and you know and then from there decided to go back I made the team the next year and stayed but even that year uh they had to grant me a leave of absence because I was like you know homesick and dealing with like different things like all of a sudden I started to really feel suicidal uh, for the first time in my life and I couldn't understand why and like if they remember at this time there was not a soul on this planet other than the guy who uh, abused me and me that knew about what happened at this time Uh, (laughs) Um, man my phone never stops Um, but listen it's a good thing because that get messages and stuff all the time it's kind of off topic what i was talking about but you know i love the phone the fact that my phone rings and that i answer my phone today because you know i used to like like change my number all the time and not want people to be getting a hold of me and i'll get into that but the, the hockey the hockey like man like i had so many chances so you know they let me go home and this is like you have to remember this is the whl this is like them this is major juniors like the ohl out here right mm-hmm. so it's like the best junior league and like I, I i had to go home in the middle of, in the middle of the year i never saw anybody else in five years do that uh and then the next year and then i still got rookie of the year on my team and then the next year i actually quit five games into the season i just got in my car my truck and just drove from saskatchewan having a little trouble with the connection right now but man you know having those opportunities the hard drugs uh first time are we back checking on the connection right now 
We back? Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, that when I came back, I, I hope you guys heard that part. Um, you know, when I came back, when I quit is really when I, I started to falter uh, into the hard drugs because, you know, it was right after high school. Um, and, you know, I just started breaking. I don't know if anybody listening can relate to when you start breaking down um, these barriers that you would never, ever um, start in your mind. You're like, you just, you have these things. You're like, nah, I'd never do that. Right. And, uh, all of a sudden you're start, you start doing these things that are like way off for your way off. And what he's getting into is, is, you know, as addiction starts growing, as you start drinking, Drinking more, more, using more. And um, luckily, I was... All right, I think we got him back. Huh. But as you start using I, drugs and alcohol, it, it, it starts skewing your decision-making, and it, it, he's exactly right. You, you start doing things you would never think you were doing. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. Let's see if we can get Brady back. But, man, we're getting right into the crux of it. You know, he, he got uh, so many opportunities to play in the Western uh, Hockey League. And, and as we continue on with the story, uh, there this, this ends up becoming sort of like his M.O., like getting these great opportunities and 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 sort of self-sabotage, which uh, there's a lot that led up to that. Obviously, we're hearing about some sexual abuse, some different things. Hockey is where he belonged. And now and now he's saying, you know, I, I, I know I belong there and I know I need it. But this other this other uh, monkey is controlling him. So you end up, um, you know, getting several opportunities in when it comes to juniors and, and, and you end up going back home and, and going back out and going back home. Um, looking through here, as, as you continue to uh, get these opportunities, you spend some time in, uh, in Kelowna, which was a good experience. So many. Such a good experience. Um, man, I hope we get this connection because we're getting. Oh man, this can just. Let's see, but you know he. Sorry, guys. I don't know what's going on up here <laughs> with uh, with my connection. Really unfortunate. Well, let's see if we can get it back. It's because no, man. Yeah, man. Because he ends up like going and playing Kelowna, and every time he steps on the ice, every time he steps on the ice and and gets some sub- sober time, he is just crushing it, turning heads. I mean, it, it's amazing. People who are who are names in the NHL today. Are calling him up, saying, "You know, come, come, give us a shot." You know, and if you looked at the, I posted a picture up on my social media, and it's it's Brady um, 
putting a check on Justin Abdelkader, which most people in the Metro Detroit area know who Justin Abdelkader is. And um, he was up in Traverse City for the rookie rookie uh, like camp uh, for the NHL and, and, and playing very well. And, and from there, it just – the downward spiral. When you get into addiction, when you get into drugs or alcohol uh, – if you have that that gene, that personality, and, and, and like with his with his hockey career, you have to have an addictive personality. You have to to be as good as 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 he was. And 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 if you if you end up turning that addiction to a negative thing, it's no different. It's no different. And and I'm living proof of that. I am living proof of that. So I think we got Brady back. He's on his phone now. Um, you back, brother? Maybe he's getting set up right now. Hopefully he can hear us. But when he made it to Kelowna and, and, and even Sweet Current, you know, he had some great opportunities there. And hopefully we can pick it back up right there. We got about five minutes left of, of segment one, and then we'll get back into segment two. He's doing everything he can up in Muskoka to get the connection uh, right now. But, um, you know, ended up playing all over, even going international. And when he got there, he was in such bad shape he had to come back home. And 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 just the 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 story is incredible. So I hope we can get Brady back to talk a little more about it. He's he's actually out in the sticks trying to find a good connection right now because he's in Muskoka, Ontario, living in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. And like he said in the beginning though, that's the key to his sobriety. Nature is the key to the sobriety. Um and, and uh, one of the coolest things, one of the coolest things, and we're going to talk about it, I'm sure, is, is uh, when there was nowhere else to turn. I mean, we're talking the end of the road, and this will be in segment two. He come upon a, a frozen lake, a frozen lake, and ended up getting his skates, and I'm going to get choked up. Can you hear me, Brady? Yeah, I got no audio from you. Turn on your mic if you can, if there's a microphone kind of thing. I hope we can get this, man. Because if not, we're going to have to reschedule this somehow. Or I'm going to come on your show. Trying to get the audio going right now. But but the uh, we're talking, uh, I mean... Uh, playing hockey all over the world, and, I mean, crashing cars, prison, at, at one point trying to run from the cops in three foot of snow. And, and you never know what the bottom is going to be. You never know what that moment of clarity is going to be. For me, it was after three rehabs. I was in the uh, freaking woke up on the cardiac unit at one point, and there was just one day I walked in the, in the bathroom, looked in the mirror, and said, I don't want to die. I do not want to die, and I didn't drink again. And um, for Brady, he had his his dad. His dad was was instrumental in chasing him down. And and his dad had coached him in hockey early on, and and, and kept kept trying. He knew what was inside. Uh, let's see if we got any audio there. Got any audio yet? Yeah, I don't know. We're going to do what we can on the break to to get Brady back for um, uh, part two. 
because uh, the, when I read through the bio, I, I talk about this a lot. When I read through the bios of, of my friends, I'm blown away. And when Brady agreed to come on the show, I read a bunch of different stuff because his, his, his life is pretty public. And I read uh, stories that were published. That were, I mean, we're talking 10, 15, 20 pages long stories about uh, everything we were talking about this morning. Or um, I'm sorry, earlier in the, in this interview, and and just having these opportunities, making phone calls, actually uh, calling Terry Ruskowski and say, "Will you give me a shot? Will you give me a shot in Rio Grande?" And going to Rio Grande and 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 doing well, doing very well, and on the road to where he was supposed to be, and and addiction can grab you. It can grab you and tear you down, no matter where you are at. But he found a way. He found a way to turn it into some positives. So we're going to do what we can to get my man Brady back. And in the meantime, definitely look up Hockey to Heroin. Look up some background information on, uh, on, on what he's doing with his life right now. And I will be back for part two, hopefully, with Brady Leopold.